this podcast, I have Sonia. Um, she is a video content creator uh, with 3 million uh, followers on TikTok. Um, she is located in Vancouver. She is a mom of four. She is a children's mental health advocate. And uh, she has a, B, a, a bachelor's at Stanford and, and, and Harvard. <laughs> uh, I don't even... Oh my God, I always have like a hard time saying stuff for people. But uh, she's... She is literally like I don't know like I just felt like she was, I guess my like like very mother like it was it it was very sincere and and I genuinely love this podcast and the advice that she gave me and 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 her perspective as to as to who she is in a person and that's the reason why I started this because I want to get to know people for who they are not just their content itself so she's she's amazing she's smart she's very creative and she is a literal blessing as well. Um, I, I'm uploading this today on Sunday on, on Easter, um, but she sent me a whole set of books. <laughs> it's called the complete C.S. Lewis signature classics. I'm looking at it right now. Um, and it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books. So <laughs> that like warmed my heart. That was a perfect day to, to receive the gift. And it was extremely unexpected because I opened the box. I was like, what is this? Like, I, I was like, I wasn't like, cause it was just at my door and I was like, I'm not expecting anything. I'm like, okay. I opened it and I was like, and I, I didn't realize until I like really looked in and I put two and two together. I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I don't even, <laughs> I, I'm literally left with that words right now. It's cheesy. Like me saying that, but it's true, but I am the definition of cheese as well. So fuck it. Right. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I forgot to mention one thing. Um, there's gonna be two gaps where um, there there's silences because of water breaks. But I unfortunately I'm dumb and I'm working by myself. So in order to edit that out, I, I almost deleted this podcast. Thank God I didn't. So it's gonna be in here. Forgive me. I'll I'll work on be, be, being blah, 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 being better next time. So enjoy again. Oh, okay. I feel like that takes up a lot of my time. Okay. Do you get swarmed with emails? I would say swarmed, but maybe I'd say like maybe half a, a handful or half a dozen mm-hmm. offers for brand partnerships every okay. day. Okay. So um, I, I actually was listening to a clubhouse room one time, and mm-hmm. somebody who was speaking on behalf of brands mm-hmm. was saying how important it is to respond to each person who reaches out to you and I, I actually hadn't done that before you know if it was a brand who clearly hadn't watched any of my videos and were just saying like oh like it would be great to have a collab oh I, I sometimes see. wouldn't respond mm-hmm. um just because I get so many of them but yeah. I'm realizing now like I want my brand to represent you know like respect and mm-hmm. you know and you know and and who knows like it's it's, it's just never a wise thing to close the door like mm-hmm. You know, even if a brand partnership isn't going to work out at this time, maybe we could do something in the future. So I'm tr- I try to be diligent about responding to every single mm. person who reaches out to me. And so, it you know, I'm fine with that. It just takes a lot of time. Mm. Well, I, I really want to thank you for responding to me as well. Like, otherwise, we, we wouldn't be on this conversation. So I genuinely really appreciate that. Um, I also wanted to ask you, how do you... 
How do you work on, um, I guess, which brand partner deals that, that you push aside and which ones you go for? Because uh, obviously, like you said, you want to have a certain representation of who you are, which I think that in turn makes your quality higher because you're not just taking money for money. You're, you're doing it for the yes. content and the quality of it. Right. So, um, so you know, first of all, I'm, I, I have three million followers and I did not. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. I just saw you just crossed Thank that. I was you. like, what? I did, yeah. Um, I did not sign my first brand deal until now, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yes. And the reason is, um, you know, I never I never joined TikTok um, kind of intending it to be any kind of a revenue stream for me. It was mm-hmm. always just for fun, something to do with my kids and my family because we were stuck at home during uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just it kind of grew into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I... I, I have I, I spoke to um, I don't know if you know her Giselle Ugarte she's mm-hmm. kind of in the marketing uh, industry and she um, gave me some really good advice okay. right off the bat which was you know be patient and find out what your worth is before you dive into whatever partnership right mm-hmm. because people are sending me deals left and right and um, and I really think that was good good advice mm-hmm. like the opportunities are gonna come um, you know and it there's no, you have nothing to gain by signing a contract now versus like two weeks down the line, mm-hmm. right? It's more important to find the kind of brands that build your brand. Okay. So, yeah. So um, I just, I just finished, um, I actually just published my video last week of um, a, an ad that I made for Toyota. I and saw so that, that one too. My first, yeah. And, um, and, you know, I think Giselle was right. You know, I, I, I didn't rush into anything. You know, every creator on TikTok gets that email from a certain water bottle company. I don't yeah. know about this. But okay, they're kind of notorious. Um, and they'll be like, oh, you know, take, we'll give you this X amount of money if you make 10 videos, which oftentimes they are the first offer that creators get. And so creators feel like really, um, you know, like excited that yeah. someone's interested in them and then they'll jump on it. But little do they know they are worth so much more than what that brand is offering them right mm-hmm. and so um i really waited until the right brand came along you you know you have to um you have to commit a lot of time and energy to these ads and to these videos so mm-hmm. um you know unless for me i've decided unless it's a brand that builds my brand i'm not going to do it okay. so um, that's kind of the way that I choose my partnerships. I also, like I said, I'm kind of, you know, I feel like I'm in this really lucky position where I don't rely on this income, you know, whereas mm-hmm. a lot, I mean, other creators might. And so they might be more willing to take on partnerships mm-hmm. um, that I, I can, I can afford to be more picky, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. So it sounds like you're like you're you're in a good fortunate spot that allows you to make those decisions, and that and, the, and and that in turn amplifies who you are as a person, and then who you are as a brand. That's that's so interesting. I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the opportunities come. That's the thing. I think you know everyone has. I don't know. For me, you know, I I've heard that the imposter syndrome is a real thing, especially among younger creators and you know Gen Zs who are all over the place on mm-hmm. TikTok. Um, I personally haven't, I mean, I'm, I'm old. Like I, you know, I have already had, you are not, thank you. Thank you. But I am relatively old. Okay. On TikTok. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a little bit of a 
thicker skin, I would hope, mm -hmm. um, because you do face a lot of criticism and hate, you know, from people who just don't know you and who are on there to just tear people down. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, in terms of the branding, um, you know, I just, I think, I think for, it, it, it's a tough place for kids to be in who aren't sure who they are yet and mm -hmm. who are jumping at the opportunity to establish themselves. Um, but for kind of the wrong reasons, you know, they want to be famous, they want to be out there, they want to be known, and I think it could be really dangerous, mm -hmm. yeah, for 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 uh, young young people. Yeah, especially when they're they're at the point of their lives where every single thing that they're doing and they're around uh, affects them. Um, more so, like in the longer term, whether they realize it or not. And and I I've seen like some of the comments like on a bunch of like posts not not particularly yours but like it I, it does get like pretty like bad I'm just like is that the world that we live in and sometimes it's just like it's it's a little bit of a dark spot but how do you get past all the negativity? Yeah, so it, it's something that I had to learn, mm -hmm. right? Like I I used to be um, once upon a time before I had kids I was a mental health counselor. Okay. Um, for kids. Yeah, at our at our children's hospital, I worked on the inpatient psych unit, and um, and then when I had my kids, I had four of them, mm -hmm. and I at some point after I had my second, I decided, okay, I'm just gonna stay home with my kids, and so that's what I've been doing for the last ten years okay. is just raising my kids at home, um, and then this platform happened, and I, you know, I remember one of my first videos that went viral. Um, I just made up this silly song about motherhood, and mm -hmm. you know, I said something like, um, you know, I, I'm like Uber to my kids, like Aww. I deliver meals to them, like yeah. you know, and I was kind of joking that like they don't pay me, but I do all of these different <laughs> things for them, and oh my gosh, like that video blew up, and mm -hmm. moms got on there and got in huge fights. It was host, it was um, stay-at-home moms mm -hmm. versus working moms. Okay. Right. So working moms and. I did not intend this at all. Like, mm -hmm. I used to work, right? I'm staying home now, but I've done it both. Mm -hmm. And I get it. It's hard for whoever, whatever you are, whatever kind of mom you are, it's hard. And it's a full-time job, whether you work or not, you know? Mm -hmm. But it really riled some people up about, like, you know, you don't know anything about working and raising kids, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, ouch. Like, it, it was really hard. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I was just, I was attacked from all sides. Um, Jeez. And it, and it really got to the point where I dreaded opening the app mm -hmm. because of the hate that I mm -hmm. got. Um, and, you know, it just, it forced me to take some time to reflect and, you know, to think about, well, what are you even doing here? Like, mm -hmm. if this is not a good experience for you, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So um, at that point, I decided, okay, I, I do want to keep making videos. I, I, I have there are really positive things about the TikTok community. I've met a lot of great friends on here. Um, I need to figure out a way to mm -hmm. keep going. And so um, I decided at that point, I, I, ha I now have a system mm -hmm. where I, you know, when I post my video, I'll stay on there and engage with the first comments for about half an hour, let's say, because okay. um, TikTok takes some time to send your video out to the FYP. So the first okay. batch of comments you get are from people who follow you. So mm. those comments are all positive, all encouraging, you know, really uplifting. And I engage with those. Mm -hmm. Then after about half an hour, 45 minutes, I'm out of there. I just turn the oh. app off completely. And, um, you know, that because that's from strangers, you know, when your video goes out to the FYP, then strangers who don't know you, who don't, who haven't seen your other videos, mm -hmm. you know, just 
comment on what they've seen. And then that's when there's potential for negativity. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't even look on, on my comments after that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's totally saved me. So, so that's I have, amazing. I, I've had created a 100% positive experience on TikTok. What? <laughs> that's insane. That's, that's really efficient with how you've, been able to understand the algorithm in short that's that's crazy i didn't i didn't even know that i thought well i'm dumb so i thought like i thought (laughs) i thought it went to uh i think both at the same time i didn't know there was a delay in regards to like the for you page i believe there is you know Mm. um so i i kind of look i don't i'm not an analytics junkie by any means but i i do because i stay on after i post my video i can kind of see who the likes and the comments are coming from Mm -hmm. and it's always just my followers for at least the first half an hour to 45 minutes okay um and sometimes it's for a few hours actually i Mm -hmm. I feel like there's been a shift in the algorithm where they used to send out the um they used to send your video out to the fyp a lot earlier now there can be delays for up to like a day okay um but but yeah um you know i've had i I, if, if you look back um at my last maybe about 50 videos i think all but two have gone viral in the mm-hmm. millions and so i'm really able to see what hap- exactly happened after i post it mm, okay which is it's sent out in batches like they'll send it out to i don't know let's say like 5000 of your followers mm-hmm. tiktok will wait to see what how those followers respond to the video mm-hmm. if, they, if they respond well TikTok then sends it to the next group of your own followers. Mm-hmm. And if enough of your followers um, engage, then it gets sent out, sent out to the FYP. I'm just going to get a glass of water. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Take your back. time, of course. Okay. okay, thanks. Of course. sorry about that i'm back oh no don't worry don't worry um actually one of the things that i wanted to get to as well was uh i think that's actually where i found you i think it was in clubhouse in a room for um the imposter syndrome do you mind breaking that down for people that don't know what that is okay i am by no means the expert on this and honestly i think i was kind of hearing it for the first time in that same room that Mm -hmm. you were in but from what i understand it's when you it's when a person doesn't believe in themselves essentially is what it means so let's say i'm a young creator and i you know i i you know i have a video that goes viral or something mm-hmm. um and i still doubt whether i went viral because i am of value kind of thing like you know you're just questioning well do people really really think that my that i am 
who I am that I created this great video or is it or was it just by chance? Mm-hmm. You know, was it just an accident? So I think it comes down to, um, you know, do you really know yourself? Um, do you value yourself? Do you know who you are? I think that's what it is. I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know more about it just because it sounds like it's a really yeah. um, big issue. Um, but like I said, I am old, and so I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shake my head at that every time. <laughs> but um, I guess going back to um, to that in particular, I think when you first went uh, viral for one of your first videos, did you think it was because um, you were a value, or did you think it was like a glitch, or maybe like an accident, or what was your thoughts on that? No, I I knew it was because I put a good video together. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's confidence. Okay. And then I just I used that sound and that dance to tell the story of how our family came together. So it, mm-hmm. the first scene was me and my husband in our college hoodies. Then the, then we cut to him proposing. Then uh-huh. we cut to us in our wedding clothes. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to our you know then we do the dance with one kid, then two yeah. kids, then three kids, then four kids. So we told a story, and that was our first video. And I you know I kind of knew that people would be you know people would take um you know would take to that because i like that mm-hmm. I, I like watching videos like that uh-huh. so yeah. that's crazy so i mean in short it's it's it sounds so cheesy and so simple but it's be yourself right that's that's what it boils we, down to we are we my my page is all about the cheese mm-hmm. i tell everybody that we are pure cheesiness and um you know it's funny like People, I think, often make assumptions about who is on TikTok. You know, mm-hmm. Gen Z, it's all these young kids who are, you know, kind of wearing short shorts and midriff shirts and they're always <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Yes, there are those kids. It's a lot. Know, they are the reason that TikTok is big, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we got to love Gen Z. Um, but there is this growing, you know, demographic of pretty much all ages, I would mm-hmm. say. Right, so there is a space. There's space on TikTok for everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree. I I think I still know a lot of people that are like my age. I'm 26, but I, I usually yeah. I know people within like the 23 to 30 range, um, mm-hmm. and all, almost all of them, not all. I know maybe like a, a handful of exceptions, but most people are like, oh, I'm not gonna go on TikTok, this and that. But I'm like, but you're watching reels, and those are all TikToks. I'm like, you're enjoying the same <laughs> thing. It's a is that just a pride thing? Yeah, I'm like, people are literally just saving the videos and posting them on Reels. And I don't know, I just I just started posting on Reels maybe like like a handful of, of days ago. I made like a whole new account just to kind of post the TikTok that I'm doing. But I'm like, you don't even know what you're saying. I'm like, this is just ignorant as a pride thing. Because people see it as like a Gen Z app. They see it as a kid app. I'm like, no, there's people of all ages. I've seen like like a lot of like older people that are like in their 50s, 60s making TikToks and they go viral. Uh, remember that guy with the cranberry juice on the skateboard, yeah. like him? That was yeah. awesome with Mac Miller, yeah. So, yes, that's right, I, I was I was drawing a blank really quick. But yeah, I'm like, there's opportunity, you just don't see it. 100%, and I think it's what you just said, it's, you know, you nailed it. 
there is an opportunity there on TikTok. It's the fastest growing app in the world, mm. um, social media platform. And it is in its infancy stages right now, especially in terms of monetization. I think even mm. the company is kind of still experimenting and trying to figure out what is the best way to establish monetization streams for mm. its creators. Um, and so, you know, now is the time. Get in it. You know, mm. get on there, start building your following because in time, it's going to be, in terms of um, advertisements, it's going to be as big as, you know, Instagram and YouTube, I think. I think so too. What do you think about Clubhouse? That's 100% in its infancy stages. It's, it's not even crawling yet, but what do you think about that? Do you think that'll be, um, I guess, potentially monetized like in a few years kind of like instagram or do you think we're going to do like a shift from insta to clubhouse or how do you think that's going to progress speculating obviously yeah. that's a great question um i am the least i mean i've been on i haven't been on clubhouse for that long maybe since uh just this year okay. just this year um and so but you're right it, it is like pre-infancy it's it's real i mean it's not even open to the public at this point yeah right? um i i really like Clubhouse, I think it, I, I think the creators are um, just ingenious, you know, mm. with creating a platform that's audio-based, and they've totally capitalized on the fact that we're in a pandemic, and we can't mm. even see people. Yeah. So, it kind of creates, yeah, it creates a means of connection, you know, while we're in isolation, and meaningful co connection, because we cannot, you know, on TikTok, and Facebook and Instagram, mm. you create your own image. You put out there what you want people to see in mm. a way. Um, when it's an, you know, in Clubhouse, it's an audio-based app. You cannot hide, mm -hmm. right? Because it's live questions, live conversation. Yeah. So it really, um, you know, you have to bring your authentic self, or people will know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think I think it's got a great future. I really love the app. I'm probably on there too much. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I, I just started, I got on last month, and ever since then, for like three days, I was like in a limbo stage. I'm like, what the hell is this? What's going on? And then I got really addicted once I found like my rooms, and I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, they're just, they, they're so good at curating your hallway, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they just show you the rooms that you want to be in. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, they've, they've got a really great thing going, and I don't know how they're going to, monetize but i guarantee you it will happen mm -hmm. so one way or another yeah i think um clubhouse has infinite resources and like you said as well if you're not being authentic people will know people will be like people will just stop talking to you or they won't interact with you or they'll just kick you out i've seen i've only seen like i, I for the amount of rooms that i've been i've only seen one person get kicked out um and that was during like the beginning of like when everything was going on like in atlanta they said something like stupid mm. and then like like oh i ha oh the one that you listened to lonnie actually that's the one i'm referring to he um he spoke out on on the person that was being inconsiderate and then he went on mm. off a town of tangent telling him like you don't even know what the heck you're talking about and then the the mods ended up picking him out after lonnie was done speaking what? wow yeah because lonnie was trying to educate him and and saying that you don't understand the fear as like i was like I almost kind of hate saying it, but uh, like as a white person, you don't understand the struggles of somebody in the Asian community, the Hispanic community, the black community. You don't understand that, and you never will. And that's that's fine if you don't to some extent, but don't be ignorant as well because it's not your mm -hmm. fault you were born that way. The same way it's that's not right, right. our fault. So uh, that's the reason why I really like Lonnie. He he was a great guy. I, uh, but um, yeah, no, there's been some rooms that I've been to a lot. Um, 
I, I, my favorite ones are oddly enough like therapy rooms. They're very. Oh yeah. Have you been in those? No. No, they're they're. I have a good friend, I have a good friend named Brooke Lacey, and mm. she is in like a mental health room every night. Okay. But I've never actually gone in there. I'd be interested to listen to what they're talking about. It's very interesting. I haven't talked in one of those rooms, but it's always nice hearing other people's perspectives because I can I can relate to that at least to, to some level on on some stories. Um, and it just makes me feel like you're not alone. That's that's the thing that I really like Clubhouse. I'm like, like you yeah. said, you don't get to create who you are. I'm like, you have to show yourself for for who you are. And yeah. I, so I love that. I, I I don't use Instagram as much as I should anymore. I, I for the most part, I just post like maybe like the podcast, if anything. Now I used to be there all the yeah. time. I used to be obsessed with it. Not that it's healthy or anything like mm-hmm. that, but. How, what do you, what's your what's your thoughts on on Instagram? I, I guess when I say that, do you think it's like do you think it's a healthy environment? Do you think it's bad, or do you think it's up to debate like based on the person itself? Or what, what's your overall thoughts on Instagram? You know, okay, so this has been my experience with Instagram, which is until I had my TikTok account, uh, my TikTok platform, I've always just had private social media mm-hmm. accounts on Facebook and Instagram. So. Mm. Like on Instagram, I just, I have about 500 followers who I know personally in real life. Okay. And same with on Facebook, like I, it's private. Like I only, um, I only communicate with people that I know. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until that I, I grew my TikTok account that, you know, um, I started Instagram because first of all, people kept asking me what my Instagram was mm-hmm. and I didn't have one. So I okay. started one, but mostly because um, that's the established way for brands to get in touch with their creator is through mm. Instagram um, messaging um, and and email through Instagram. Like you, um, the TikTok people have to fix their messaging system. It's just totally overwhelming and mm-hmm. um, it's inefficient. Um, so I so I now have an Instagram account, but all I do is repost my TikToks. Yeah, you know, I take you know into reels. I, mm-hmm. I just put them on reels and then I also save them to my grid. Mm-hmm. So my grid is basically a collection of Instagram reels yeah. that are imported from TikTok. So it's a hot mess. To say yeah. Least. And I actually put zero uh, investment in my, in my Instagram. Like <laughs> I just, I've kind of reached my bandwidth in terms of how much time and effort I'm going yeah. to spend on social media. Like I'm totally committed to, TikTok and I really enjoy Clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. To me, that is like I'm maxed out. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, it's really I think it's really up to the individual. Like what I I know of creators who are on everything. Like mm-hmm. they keep up their Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Like yeah. And wow, that I guess you know kudos to them. Like that's a lot of commitment and work and time. But that, that also is their career, mm-hmm. right? And so for me, because I'm like a mom first, mm-hmm. um, and I have a lot of commitments kind of outside of social media that that take precedence, um, I'm okay with you know having a minimal investment in Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I basically just keep it up for my business for business purposes. Okay, no, that's that's good. I was like, so that way you can at least get that communication with the partners and the brands and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I think. I think. I think Instagram will last. I, I think I think Reels might save it, if anything. Have, have you heard that they're testing out something kind of like Clubhouse? I know Twitter's doing Twitter spaces, but I think Instagram is... I don't know much about Instagram, but I heard that they're testing something out like that. I don't know if you've heard I about it. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess these platforms are always competing. 
totally. Yeah. So, totally. Um, I have, I don't know. I just, I have no, like I said, I'm like maxed out. <laughs> if yeah. you are developing something new, I am not interested. <laughs> I love, I love TikTok and I love Clubhouse. Those are my two, my, my go-tos right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that makes sense. I guess, um, kind of in regards to, um, to TikTok itself, when did you start getting like that consistent traction? Was that like after the like right after the first video, or did you have like maybe like a gap between certain videos and then like a resurgence, or how did that work? Right. Okay. So when I so we started last uh, May mm-hmm. uh, when our city I live in Vancouver and we were in we were in total lockdown, right? Like the schools were closed, mm-hmm. restaurants were closed. Like we were we were in isolation from every from everyone mm-hmm. and. Um, I was home with my kids and trying, you know, we were struggling through the homeschooling thing, the virtual learning thing. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is because I, I have four of them and they're very young. They were all under 10. Mm-hmm. So they all needed help. And um, oh. and they're all loaded with energy too, was, huh? It was over. Exactly. And we couldn't go out. And, you know, um, I don't know. Our winter weather here is terrible. Like it, it, there was just so many things going on. Um, that made it a really stressful time for us. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is actually a cardiac intensivist who works with COVID patients. So there mm-hmm. was also that unknown, right? We had just watched yeah. New York pretty much collapse. Yeah, um, yeah. Their medical system. And we were just waiting to see what was going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I think our, our provincial health authority has been very strong. And mm-hmm. we were able to, I think, sufficiently manage our... Um, COVID situation well, mm-hmm. um, you know, thank God for that. And we were, you know, and we had time to prepare. I think that's another kind of saw, we kind of saw the U.S. like. Yeah, crumble. Down. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of figured this was going to happen. I was like, whatever. I, yeah, I know. So where, where are you? I'm in, uh, I'm in La Mirada. So that's maybe like 20 minutes from uh, Los Angeles, 25 minutes. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. Got it. Okay. Or, or like okay. 50 so with traffic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because traffic is horrible over here. Yeah, you know, so we kind of we kind of saw what was coming our yeah. way, um, and I think I think because of that we were able to prepare better. Like mm. you know, it hit us a bit later, mm-hmm. um, and that really gave us an opportunity to save to to kind of you know manage it. So, anyways, last spring, that's when we post that's when we posted our first video because we were stuck at home and we had nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Right, we did one of those silly like probably Charlie D'Amelio dances with yeah. our kids and. And I mean, now that I think about it, it's so painfully embarrassing. And <laughs> it's so cringy. Um, but you know what? We, we did it for fun. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't until I posted, you know, and, I, and the thing is, I knew that mom content was was what I was about, right? Mm-hmm. That's who I am. That's kind of what, that I can create mom content all day long without thinking about it. And that's mm-hmm. how you know what your niche is, by the way. It's like, what can you talk about all day long and never run out of things? to say okay um for yeah so for me it was i knew it was mom content but every time i made a mom video it just didn't go anywhere and i think it's because you know the mom mom talk is quite saturated like who you know what you know there's already so many established families on there and moms on there like it's really hard to make your mark so it wasn't until i you know our first viral video was that dance one where we told our family story Mm -hmm. but here's the thing and this is one thing that i like to tell people who are first starting out on tiktok Everybody is after the views and the virality, right? That happened too early for me. It was like my fifth video or something that hit a million. And oh wow! 
Yeah, and think about it. Let's say somebody sees that video that, and then their their interest is peaked. They go to your page, and you've got like four other videos on there that have like fifty views. Mm-hmm. They're not going to follow you because you have not established yourself as a, a creator who puts out consistently high quality content. Mm. And for all they know, that is your one video and last video that you're going to create. Mm-hmm. Right? They need to see a track record before they hit the follow button. So I I you know. It was very exciting at the time to have gone viral that early, but really, it did nothing for me. Okay. It did nothing for my following. And mm-hmm. um, so I learned kind of over time that it's all about putting out consistent, consist. It's about consistency and quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I kind of journeyed from there to um, you know pre TikTok. I did my Costco runs, which got a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. People love Costco. <laughs> I love Costco. It's <laughs> so great. Those videos were a huge hit. Um, I did a series on Canadian snacks um, with, with, that were also a big hit. Okay. Um, but, you know, yeah, and, and so those, those actually helped me, um, you know, grow my following for sure. Um, and then finally, one day, one of my mom videos went big. Mm-hmm. And then I got started getting a lot of followers. Um, and then, then I knew at that point that these were the followers that I've been waiting for, mm-hmm. the ones who are interested in the mom content, mm-hmm. right? So after that, I started, I really niched down and I, po- and I stuck to the mom content and, um, you know, I, I used to post every day. I decided to post every other day instead mm-hmm. to focus on higher quality videos and that, and I haven't looked back since, like I, I grew a million followers in 18 days after that first viral video really yeah that's what how did you process that what did you think after you guys like the one million follower mark how did how what did you think okay so at first i was like oh my god <laughs> am i an influencer <laughs> do i need repre- do i need representation yeah like i am i moving into a hype house yeah <laughs> oh my god. i'm dead <laughs> the hype house I know one person that's in there that I met like through um through Clubhouse actually, but yeah, there I didn't even realize what that was till like recently. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Okay, those okay, those are I mean, I have a lot, those are <laughs> there's a lot of opinions about hype houses. <laughs> I had just I hit the million. I thought I had made it. I thought I had made it. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I spoke to that's when I spoke to Giselle, who really coached me. Well yes. And was like, hey, calm down. <laughs> take a deep breath. Yeah. Like all the all this means is now there is work to be done, and she was okay. right. Like I, you know, there, there it's a lot of work actually. Um, if you want to be, um, an influencer who monetizes mm-hmm. and who does brand deals, and there's a lot of responsibility too as well. You know, like mm-hmm. as an Asian, um, even though I live in Canada, um, and I, I have like quite a an international following, and when this whole stop Asian hate thing came up, like it's weird. Like I'm in a position where I almost have to make a video, and I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I should do it. it. It, but you you kind of have like responsibilities now mm-hmm. um, when you have such a big platform to to speak on these issues, mm-hmm. which I never did before publicly. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I I'm re- no, I'm really glad. I saw that you did one with um with your kids as well. I, I think it was recent. It's one of the the ones that are fresher on on the top of your page. I saw, 
Um, so I, I, I was really, I, I personally, I was really happy, like from my perspective that like you're bringing awareness you're doing, because there's a lot of people that won't even put themselves in a delicate position because they risk, uh, potential losing followers and, and whatever it might be. But it's like, at the end of the day, I'm like, you're you. And how do you want to look back at yourself where you want to look at back at the person who was quiet the whole time when everything was going on? Or do you want to be the person that stood up for what you believe in? So for sure, for sure. And I've been, I've actually been asking myself those a lot of those questions um in recent weeks you know just as my platform keeps growing like mm-hmm. and you know i'm 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 grateful to be and this is another thing about being older <laughs> you've surrounded yourself like my my network of friends and family mm-hmm. tell me the truth right mm-hmm. i i'm not surrounded by people who want stuff from me they already know me we have a relationship they tell me the honest truth mm-hmm. and they tell me what i need to hear versus what i want to hear mm-hmm. and so you know i um, so I've, been, I've had conversations around, you know, this platform, like you can spend your life making entertaining videos and growing your platform, but what will you have at the end of your life if mm-hmm. you haven't spoken truth, if you haven't helped people, and if you haven't loved people, mm-hmm. right? You, the, these followers are, are there for you to care for, mm-hmm. right? It's not for you. And so I, I totally understand that. Like at the end of my life, I'm going to die, and if I have 3 million followers, that's it. That's the end of it. Mm-hmm. it. It could possibly mean nothing after that. Yeah. If I, but if I have served them, well, then then, then, then I've done something right and so done something good and meaningful, and that's the value in this platform is how can I serve people with it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. I think you're right because, like like you mentioned, at the end of it, there's there's not going to be anything other than family and what did you leave behind? What's your legacy? That's something that I've really been thinking about recently. Like, how, what is going to be your mark? Is, is there anything that you mm-hmm. that you intend to leave? And even if it's not for your followers, is there maybe like a lesson that you want to leave uh, or pass on to your kids or anything of that sort or grandkids yeah, so, yeah, in the future, right. of course? No, <coughs> intentional about navigating is how I present social media to my children mm-hmm. so in my there it would appear in all of my videos that my kids are in them I mean not their faces but their voices mm-hmm. and yes their voices are in them but they are actually totally separated from um, the production side of my videos mm-hmm. I, I film my videos and then I overlay their voices later so oh. they actually have no clue is what you want to aim for. No, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I so I have to be really clear in what I'm doing and what my mission is, and to make sure that I pass that value on to them and not look at all the followers that I have or look mm-hmm. at my success on this platform. Um, you know, it, so that's been kind of a challenge that I'm constantly working through with them. Um, and then to your question about you know what is the legacy that I want to leave, um, one thing that my brother and remember somebody said to me is okay well now you have this platform now you have you know three million people who are interested or or who are listening to mm-hmm. you now what do you want to say and you know i have always wanted to write a children's book or mm-hmm. series um you know i like i said i was a mental health counselor before mm-hmm. and um, i love kids and you know my family is integral to who i am um, you know, as a mother and as a person and as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so I would really love, my dream is to write um, a children's series on m- mental health, particularly among um, the Asian the Asian culture. Because, um, you know, when I worked at the children's hospital, I think I worked for about five years before I decided to just stay home with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I, you know... I, I'm pretty sure that there were less than 10 Asian families that passed through daily. Okay. And I worked full time. And, and, and the families that did end up in our care, um, I just remember them looking totally horrified and terrified and sh- ashamed that they were there and that we were talking about their kid. You know, there's so much stigma around mental health in the Asian family, well, in, in, just in general in society, but particularly among Asians. Mm. You know, it's like it's like for them to ask for help would be to admit that they have a problem or something. You know, there's just mm-hmm. so many things going on. And so um, I find that, you know, I have an opportunity here to do something about that and to reach families who struggle with mental health because I can tell a story about a child. And, mm-hmm. and nobody feels threatened by children, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's kind of I'm kind of working on that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how how much um, how complete are you? Are you like maybe like fifty percent, twenty five, or how far along oh, the process? Like, like minus one. Like <laughs> <laughs> I've had conversations with uh-huh. people. I've um, kind of been starting to follow illustrators mm-hmm. on Clubhouse. Okay. You know, yeah. So I I I think I have to write the story first, mm-hmm. um, and then the. You know, I'll worry about the publishing and the illustrations later, but okay. um, it's the first. I, I've never done this before, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of taking my time and trying to learn in the process. Okay. No, yeah, I think if there's anyone that would fit that category perfectly, it would be you. So I'm like, you're probably like up there in regards to like being qualified. So that's, I mean, from what I've seen, I mean, that's pretty much perfect. Um, this is a, this is a separate question. Um, I guess kind of when we're talking about like legacy and love, um, how has being a mom of four changed you from before you had kids? Like, my mom recently, or not recently, like, maybe a couple of years ago, gave, had found, discovered these books that I had written when I was in third grade. Mm-hmm. I think I was, like, eight. And in the books, I wrote that when I grow up, I am going to have four kids. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's and insane. So, it is, just, it is just something that I've always wanted to do. I loved kids when I was, when I was a child, you know, and this was... A different time, okay, a different generation, but I remember when we would, 
you know, we only would travel and we'd get, be on the plane. And if there was a baby who was crying, I would go and offer to carry that baby. I was probably like 10 or 12. <laughs> I'd walk that baby up and down the aisle, a complete stranger. This would never happen today. Yeah. <laughs> Not in today's world. try to you know help and mm-hmm. i love that and you know i remember there were um we had you know there would be church we uh, we were an active part of our church and we would have like conferences and stuff and mm-hmm. i would just spend every sunday in the nursery mm-hmm. that's my entire church experience was in the nursery carrying the babies in there i just love that so um you know kids besides changing kind of like my work situation mm-hmm. didn't really change me a whole lot because it was I, I felt impassioned about it since I was a child that's insane yeah, I, I, I know I can't explain it it is just God's gift it's his gift to me is mm-hmm. he loves I love children and it's his love for their for those kids mm-hmm. is um is there anything that, that you want to pass on to them like in particular like is there a certain lesson or anything like that or um anything of that sort to my own kids you mean mm-hmm. you know yes I, I i and i don't claim to do this well but i wish what i would like to pass on to them is the value of my faith mm-hmm. um you know i have been i i, I became a christian when i was in college mm-hmm. um you know i I kind of came to a realization, you know, when I was at a place where I was very ambitious, um, mm-hmm. I went to Stanford for undergrad and I thought, oh, uh-huh. you know, the world is open to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was very selfish and self-serving. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it's, you know, that's kind of what is accepted in our world is when you're young or at any age, like you have every right to follow your dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, choose your own path in life. And I, and I, you know, I think that's true. Um, but for me, I think I realized that, and this kind of harkens back to what we were talking about before, like what, what, what do I want to have accomplished, you know, by the end of my life? Like if mm-hmm. I spend my life pursuing a, this dream job or this amount of income or this amount of financial security, this house, whatever, you know, you know will I be satisfied? You know, and mm-hmm. I think I kind of realized that I don't, I don't think I will be, you know, my, my purpose is, like I said, to love and care for other people. Um, and it's really, I, I felt like this was the example that Christ set for us and it doesn't make sense in this world, you know, to, to be self-sacrificial and to care about other people above yourself. Mm-hmm. But I really think that, um, that is my motivation and my reason and what ultimately will give me value Mm-hmm. Um, in in this life, so I, you know, I want to teach my kids those values as well. That you know, in this dog eat dog world, where um, you know everybody is kind of out for themselves, that mm-hmm. you know that there is absolute value in serving other people and in loving them. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be that'll be a great lesson for them, uh, and I think you are living that example right now, day by day. And I think they'll pick up on that. So I, I think that'll that'll for Thank sure. You. Of course, I think that'll stick. Um, 
I, I guess I, the, the other thing that I wanted to get to as well, um, I wanted to go back to, well, I have two questions. Uh, I guess one of them is the Christianity, but I'll get back to that right now. Um, but in regards to the, the stigma of, uh, of that community of, of your, like, kind of like, um, I guess you have to be hard. You have to be, you, you can't go out asking for help because I think it's more of a pride thing. Ha- has there been mm. anything you've been doing, I guess, to reverse that, like to break that chain of cycle within your family for them to not be like that on their kids? Is there anything that you've done in particular, or just how you've raised them? You know, it's so interesting that you asked me, um, about my, you know, kind of mental health in my own family, because mm-hmm. I do actually have a very close uh, family member who suffers chronically from um, depression. Mm-hmm. And it must, I mean, it's got a, it's partly genetic, right? So mm-hmm. actually, I have two family members, um, extended family members who suffer from depression. And it has been so hard, like, even as a mental health professional, mm-hmm. to steer them toward professional help. Mm-hmm. Like, it is that stigmatizing that even somebody within my own family um, is unwilling to um, kind of seek the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been honestly, it, it's been like a struggle for years for that person. And we've kind of been, you know, tr- you know, we, we can tr- we can just try our best and to just be like, these are your options. You know, this has shown to be helpful to people who struggle with what you struggle with, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but you know, with my own kids, what I I think what they what I'd like them to know and what I've been trying to teach them is, if you struggle in this particular way, if you're feeling sad, if you are being bullied, if you are feeling anxious, whatever, these are the people that you can go to for help. Mm-hmm. Your mom, your dad, you know, your grandma, your school counselor, your Sunday school teacher. Like I think te- teaching people about who they can reach out to is empowering to that person mm-hmm. and um, kind of, you know, shows them the way out, if, if that makes sense. Because I think a lot of times the stigma that grandparents and parents leave on their kids just makes them feel really trapped. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, I think, do you think that just boils down to, um, to ego or pride? Because... I, I so I mean obviously it's it's a fact that um, the Asian community is a lot more successful than than most com- like communities like the Hispanic black white whatever it might be you, you guys are overachievers and that's amazing mm-hmm. but I think that puts you at a point where it's like you you have to meet those standards of people that have been in your family that represent the community um, I don't know what do you think that boils down to do you think that that's that said right or what are your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point that you that you make. Actually, you know, um, I would say this whole model minority thing mm-hmm. it it's crippling. It's crippling for people who mm-hmm. don't meet those standards. Mm-hmm. And mo- and here's the thing: I think most people don't meet those standards. Reality, so got, yeah. right? Yeah, right. You you so you've got a group of people, first of all, who are failing in some way only because. They're not, but that's what they've been told because this is what the standard is or this is what the expectation is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And there's also, you know, the re- one of the reasons I think why Asians have been able to attain the success they have. And, you know, part of it is is something that I've been taught by my parents as well, which is the way you get ahead in life, the way you succeed is to put your head down, work hard, study hard, don't draw attention to yourself Mm -hmm. and you will be fine. You know, and I was taught that and it's true. I mean, it it works, 
right? You just, you kind of just, you know, blend in with everybody else. Don't, don't make a scene. Don't attract attention. You, if you work hard, you can make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that mentality might work for some people, but it is hugely problematic if you need help. Because what you've been taught is asking for help will ultimately lead to my demise. Like it's not going to enable me to succeed in ABC mm-hmm. because first of all, it means that I have to admit that I have a problem. And then secondly, it's going to just deter me from my path. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really, um, it's, it's, it's sad, but it's also understandable kind mm-hmm. of why it's become like this um, for Asians. Um, and, you know, my hope is that this, you know, my hope is that the stigma will, you know, will go away and that people can actually be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also our standards of success will be reevaluated and mm-hmm. redefined. Yeah, I because I, I do think that 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 they should be lowered to reality because not everyone's going to be the that one overachiever that one person who wins the Nobel Prize the one person who's always breaking these new records and and like I said that's mm-hmm. it's it's a very honorable thing but I think it's rooted on on certain um I don't know if it'd be habits but at least thoughts that aren't healthy because then that'll make you look down on yourself and then if you're overachieving, you're barely at the normal. And I think that's not mm-hmm. I, I think that's not good. But you're you're right too when you mentioned that that's the whole issue with with um, with life that there's all these cultural norms like you shouldn't be based off of like your race, your ethnicity, your your skin color. But people mm-hmm. do. But 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 reality is that it shouldn't yeah. be like that. Um, do you ever think we'll ever walk away from that? Do you think maybe like in because I don't I don't un, I don't know I I, I want to say realistically no, but I also don't know because I know there's a lot of a, a huge amount of push in regards to like obviously what you're saying right now, what other people are saying, and I don't know if that'll ripple down to the younger generations because that that they are being they are hearing that every single day. So I I, I also wonder how much of that will shift into their perspective and social media is a huge factor in, in most people's lives from three five even, probably even younger my little brother's been like one and a half living on the ipad i'm like okay <laughs> so you know yeah what are what yeah. your thoughts on that i i think i think gen z has had a better start than x mm-hmm. and y yeah I, you know i think i mean if they've got it anything going for them it's that they have normalized freedom of expression mm-hmm. uh, individual expression mm-hmm. um and i think that's great like i think blm ha- was driven largely by that generation mm-hmm. so i think that's really great i also think though i also know that a child's feelings and ideals about race happen when they are toddlers mm-hmm. right so which means it is their own parents who teach them about it mm-hmm. so you know it really depends i think on what's happening within each family and each home mm-hmm. um, and that's where the conversations need to start and it's where the work needs to be done mm-hmm. um, parents have you know a huge responsibility to teach their kids because if if i don't teach them they're learning it from the next guy, yeah. right? And and who knows what what they're going to learn from that person. So it really is up to parents, I think, 
to um, set a foundation um, for their kids' beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's not one conversation. It's got to be ongoing. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. The only thing that like worries me is about those people that continue that trend, the, the people that don't have any empathy, the ones that are just passing what they learn from their grandparents and that whole toxic yeah. thing. I, I think that just I think that's seated in ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also opens up like realistically, I don't think so. But that's also up for debate because I don't know how I know the amount of information that's that's out there and that will continue to be streamed because like, let's say like. I almost say he like stereotyping because this is what we're talking about. But like, let's say farmers, right, or people in the Midwest of the United States. Obviously, those people aren't using social media much right now. Um, mm-hmm. Hence, why they're they're not angry. But I wonder if we'll ever get to that transition where, where people are going to be educating themselves more than than what they were because people back then that that uh, that they they, they, they sorry <laughs> I was like hot mouth <laughs> but that they learned before in the in the past they've. Um, how do I say it? I guess that they, they just learn to be complacent with, with happy with what they're at, you know, but social media, uh, even though it is a negative, it's also a pro because that pushes you to be better than what you were before. So there, yeah. there, there's so many pros and cons. And I guess that that just leaves it up for debate. And, and it's something that I always wonder about the future. Not that I can control it except for what's around me, obviously. But it, it just I guess it's just something that, that's been in my head. Um, I yeah. did want to go back to the, um, the the Christianity. When did you when did you start getting into that? Was that maybe from, from when you were a kid? When you, were you did you grow up with it, or did you transition later in life? Or yeah, so um, my parents um, are are Christians, and and they uh, raised us in church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we it was t- what we did as a family every Sunday for mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. Okay. Um, but I would say. And, and I and I loved it. You know, I, I had a big group of friends there. It was kind of like my social um, place every weekend. And, and I still have those friends to this day. And I feel mm-hmm. very grateful that, um, you know, for those friendships. And honestly, I think it kept me and my brothers out of trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, it was really great to be a part of a youth group when I was a, you know, a teenager. Um, but it wasn't until I went to college that I actually made... You know, I made a decision for myself mm-hmm. that um, this is what I, this is how I wanted to live. You know, when you're a kid, you kind of just have to go along with what your parents tell you to do. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, I made the decision uh, when I was about 18, when I was in college, that, um, you know, I this is worth it. This is what is important to me. This is worth it. This is more worthwhile for my life mm-hmm. than anything else, essentially. Is there is there anything in particular that that you stick strongly to? Because obviously you want to follow it as, as the Bible and and his teachings as close as you can. But is there anything in particular that you have like an emphasis on? That you try um, to maybe consciously yeah, or subconsciously? A, right, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me, the way that I kind of look at it is, I I try to spend time every morning, um, in prayer and meditation and just mm-hmm. reading. You know, even if it's just a few verses of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just to have those communication lines open, you know, to be self-reflective. Um, and that really just grounds me, mm-hmm. you know, before I open my emails, before I check my messages, before I, you know, get on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's a vicious world out there, it right? Is, uh... Like, the, you've got people and coming at you from all sides. And so I really try to, I protect that time that I have every morning. And even before I see my kid, mm-hmm. you know, like things can go downhill really fast mm-hmm. um, 
it kind of reorganizes my thoughts, my feelings, um, you know, just remembering, you know, I am loved, I am worth, I'm worth, you know, I'm worth A and B and C, you know, because of what Jesus has done for me, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of knowing who I am, mm-hmm. um, just it, it prepares me um, every day. And it's got to be every day because, mm-hmm. you know, every day is different from the last. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of, you know, in terms of an emphasis, not really, just I go through different phases in life. And mm-hmm. um, actually, I would say one thing that I'm thinking a lot about these days is how to bring my faith into my work. Okay. Right. So like, you know, when I'm like, I just finished this deal with a brand and I felt like the woman that I had to work with was very difficult and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just really out for the brand. Like she only looked at me with dollar signs and, Uh, you know, I, you know, like you're not a human. Exactly. Like you are the product and this is what I need from you. You know, so it, it, it was, it was a really interesting experience for me and, um, I'm, you know, I, I really had to do a lot of praying because it yeah. was really hard and stressful. Um, so ultimately I just thought, okay, you know, this woman is acting this way because she is actually very stressed. Mm-hmm. So for me, I had to say to myself, don't take it personally. And in fact, how can I care for this woman? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, so, the, so this, this is what I mean by bringing my faith into it. Like, mm-hmm. um, kind of always having that focus of okay you know god is has given me this platform mm-hmm. um he's going to use it for his good and in the meantime i all i need to do is think about ways to care for other people and whether it's for my followers or the people i work with in business mm-hmm. um you know that's kind of what my focus is on okay no i think yeah. i think that's a good thing yeah just taking who you are with you wherever you go because there are some people mm-hmm. that i know that they only take it within the church and then like let's say three or four days out of the week, they're out partying, they're drunk, they're in <laughs> Vegas. I mean, that's fun and all, but, uh, and obviously there's the time and place for everything too, not to look down on that, like enjoy your life, like, but just make sure yeah, you're not, sure. you're not straying off the path. Like you're not cheating. You're not um, like abusing anything. You're like with anything, there should be a balance, you know? And, and it's mm-hmm. up to you to decide that up to your discretion. But I obviously wouldn't yeah. go heavy on like all that stuff either, because I'd rather. I, for me, I, I've always joked about this when I was young. I'm like, I'm an old man in a young person's body. I'm like, <laughs> I am. It's so introverted overall. Like, I like being mellow. Actually, even starting this podcast is out of like my like realm. Like, that's not even me like i don't i i I stay in my own lane i i go to the gym i put on earphones i'm like don't talk to me so that's normally how i am but i guess i just wanted to see like gain insight like on other people's experiences and everything like that you know but i think yeah i think it's just all about just just treating everyone with respect and and like you said just just being a good person because i think it's i think it's a weird world that we live in because everyone says be a good person but how many people are really a good person everyone says be your authentic self until you're authentic and then and then no one appreciates the authentic the authenticity and and then they start judging you off that it's like well we're living in a hypocritical world right now um for sure yeah and i would even say like i would even add to that like you're right there's a big emphasis on authenticity um but i will be the first one to recognize that my authentic self is not good like you know mm-hmm. i'm not perfect um mm-hmm. you know authenticity 
treating doesn't give me the green light to treat people the way that I feel like treating them, mm-hmm. right? Like the, that is not the standard. Um, I think honesty is good. You know, kindness is good. All of those are great things, but um, I really needed to re- be redeemed first, mm-hmm. and then I could extend that um, grace to other people. So mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've um, that I recently liked that I that I saw maybe a few weeks ago was at the end of the day, take care of yourself and then you'll be able to take care of others. And I, th- and I think mm-hmm. that's true. Focus within yourself, create that pillar before you can, before you can do that for others as well. But also don't, I, one of the things for people that are listening, I, I probably wouldn't say, one of the things that I've learned, which I'm sure you've learned too, maybe I learned this maybe a few years ago, but it's still important. It's like, there, there are people that you can't, you, you can try to save, but you'll never be able to save them because they don't even want to save themselves. And, and I realized that was, like, the worst, like, ROI, like, ever. I'm, like, draining all my energy for someone that's not even listening or do they care to listen. So that's just something of my own, like, personal perspective on that, I guess. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, it's ROI. Like, applying ROI to yeah. personal relationships. That's hilarious. L- literally. You know I didn't think about it like that. Well, I guess that boils down to showing like the kind of person that you are too, because the intention mm-hmm. is there. Uh, and yeah. actually, I, I didn't think about it from that perspective. See, that's the one thing that I like about the podcast itself too. I get to hear the perspectives on my own thoughts that I didn't even think of, and it, it just I guess that just furthers my own personal development. But yeah, I guess it's the the intention of who you are, that reflection that matters the most. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a crazy world. So I guess sometimes it's hard to get like wrapped up or or because I try to be as self aware as I can. How yeah, with your friends, because um, I know you're very open with them and and they're mm-hmm. very open with you. How has that been in regards to to getting your fame? Like how is that transition? Okay, it was really hard. Okay, um, so I kind of alluded to this earlier. My parents are like really kind of conservative and old school, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they're, they're the ones that were the immigrants. So, you know, k- kudos to them. And I will always appreciate them because they struggled so that I didn't have to. They Same. saved me a lot of it because they were the immigrants. My mom, um, um, she crossed the border. <laughs> and uh, she, was, uh, I, uh, she was six months pregnant with me. She was like, I didn't want my son to be in Mexico. Yeah. So That's crazy. Mm. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. And you, I'm sure, will be forever grateful mm. to her for what she did. And, you know, it just, it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing, actually, mm-hmm. the sacrifices that our parents made for us. Um, but, you know, this whole fame thing from the platform, I, I didn't tell them until I had, like, two million followers. Oh, wow. That I, was even, that I was even on, actually, maybe I had even more than that. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell them until very, until I had signed my first brand deal. Oh, it's not. And, and, and the reason is, you know, like, I went to Stanford for undergrad. I have two graduate degrees from Harvard. And Jeez, now I that's make, amazing. Now I make TikTok videos. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> you know, insane. Like, it, I was really afraid to tell them that all of their investment ended up in this. Yeah. You know, without being able to. So, and, so I waited until <laughs> I had this following. I waited until I signed 
deal to say, yeah. okay, I presented it to them kind of as a package, you know, <laughs> um, because, because I was so afraid of, um, you know, that they would be disappointed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I feel like Tom is like, that's not right either. Like, I, you know, I, that's not right either. I'm like a mm-hmm. grown woman. Like, I make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but but it, it's just interesting. And I, I actually did not tell any of my friends either for a very, very long time. Really? Okay. Yeah, just because I think part of it was because I didn't, I wasn't sure where this was going, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I feel more security now in it now that I have, okay, I have these brands, brand dealership, brand deals lined up. You know, I kind of have this idea of writing a book. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. have direction now, whereas mm-hmm. before it was just making videos and kind of seeing where it all, where it would all go. Okay. Um, um, with the fan thing, you know, it's funny having done all this during COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't see anyone, right? So mm-hmm. um, occasionally we'll we'll go out and like we, you know, my I take my kids to their swimming lesson and like okay. their swimming instructor will be like, "Hey, are you on TikTok?" Like I read. Oh my god, that's so funny. I know. It, it's it's hilarious, but but because we are not socializing mm-hmm. like we normally do, I really have not dealt with um, fame at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and a lot of the, my friends aren't even on TikTok. Oh, so okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, right? Because mm-hmm. we're old. We're like this other generation that's still on Facebook. Yeah, so. oh my God. My mom's the worst on Facebook. I love her, but she still lives on Facebook. I'm like, get off of it. It's so toxic. No, there's just 50 argument, like, comments. Like, I'm like, and they're just going back and forth between, like, Biden and Trump. I'm like, it's better to just leave it alone. I'm like, oh, sure. it doesn't matter. I'm like, they're not, they, they're, you're not seeing them, you know? You're, they're not going to dinner with you. They don't care about us. Like, I mean, yeah. maybe to some extent, but I'm like, just, it doesn't help, you know? It's just, you're, you're, you're putting energy and effort into an argument on Facebook than you would like in your actual self is how I see it you know yeah, I know I know and and, and like I, you know my, my Facebook's private so mm-hmm. I don't even have to I, there's no negative energy lost there because they're mm-hmm. all my friends uh-huh. and we all kind of have the same beliefs anyway. okay yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah like the, I think I, I, I think once we emerge from this pandemic mm-hmm. then I'll probably be able to feel and experience the fame in a different way, mm-hmm. right? Once I start reconnecting with my community and seeing more people, but at this at this point, it really hasn't changed anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, remember, I make my videos every day with me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. I don't think about the people that it goes out to when I'm making my videos. It is me and my phone. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like I, you know, it, it's ironically a very isolated. Um, um, uh, like experience, mm-hmm. even though even though there's all these people who are watching it, mm-hmm. the experience itself is um, a little bit lonely. Mm-hmm. Do you think, um, although it might be lonely, do you think it might be possibly a good thing um, in regards to keeping you grounded? Maybe because that might be a whole other thing. Because sometimes when when that does happen, I know uh, usually it's with. With um, like with kids when they don't know how to handle fame, they they just surrounded with it. So I don't know if your perspective. I think I'd like to think that you would have been grounded in like um, like even if COVID weren't around at the same time, because that's just who you are as a person. You've already formulated your thoughts, your beliefs, and and foremost, you're you're a mom too. So that's your priority yeah. beyond that. Yeah. But do you think that's grounded you, or or would you rather have just experienced it without like COVID, or or what are your thoughts on that? I'm glad that it went this way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't like 
and this just sounds so like bizarre mm-hmm. because like it, you know this is what I do now but I do not like being the center of attention uh-huh. I I don't even like like for example every year when it's my birthday mm-hmm. I just prefer not to even have a party me too to celebrate my birthday yeah I know I don't know why I, I think I've learned that I'm actually like a very introverted person <laughs> you know like like if we if this pandemic just went on forever I think I'd be okay with it like I don't need I it think to the be same thing. <laughs> that's the old man in me though Yeah. Um, So, and like you said, you know, I am, I'm grounded in my faith. Mm -hmm. I am very conscious of the fact that pride comes before the fall, you know? Yes, yes. So, you know, I, again, it comes down to every day, you know, humbling myself, you know, having my prayer meditation session, you know, knowing who I am. Mm -hmm. um, And that is my best protection, I think. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah uh, I guess going back to, like, the introverted thing, I'm, like, I'm the, yeah, like, for my birthdays, I don't, I, I only, like, my mom and, like, my dad doesn't even remember, I never tell him, like, he always tells me, like, a month later, like, it was your birthday, I'm, like, thanks, I'm, like, but, I mean, he's a dad, I'm, like, hopefully I'm not yeah. the same, but, uh, but, like, I'm big for other people's birthdays, but for myself, I'm, like, they like leave me alone i'm happy going yeah. to the gym maybe getting chick-fil-a and now that's it you know <laughs> totally. that's about it for me i know when my parents take me out for my birthday every year and i'm like oh like in one day i'm like oh do we have to yeah and then i'm like okay this this is for you mm-hmm. like it's for them yes <laughs> yeah how often do you see uh do your parents um okay so we didn't get together with them since like thanksgiving last year and they only oh, wow. live a few minutes yeah like they only live a few minutes away from us so mm-hmm. that was actually kind of crushing um but they are older obviously and my mm-hmm. dad is immunocompromised so okay. and my husband works with covid patients so we really wanted to kind of set boundaries for us mm-hmm. um for their protection mm-hmm. and my kids have been in school right so they're really the biggest liability because they're in a classroom mm-hmm. with like 20 other kids and 20 other families did they just go back recently no they've been in school the entire time um okay they were off last spring from like march till june okay and then they started regularly this past september and have stayed in school the whole time oh okay yeah so for that reason we just said to my parents okay you know i think it's best if we just stopped seeing each other you know for Mm. your protection and honestly it was so i think it was really hard for them yeah um but they now have their vaccinations, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, we've started to see them kind of, well, I, like, I saw them last week, mm-hmm. and then our province went into lockdown again this oh. week. For our, I know, so now yeah. they've closed all the restaurants, everything, so, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We're not doing great at this moment, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, things change fast. Mm-hmm. Do you think, um, obviously the virus is, has been an issue, how, how bad do you think the, the effect on mental health has been um, on people, personally? Yeah, has has yeah. yours been okay as well? Like, obviously you, you've had, like, you have your kids and everything like that to keep you going, but I'm, still, I'm sure that's still got to be hard as well as a mom because, like I, like I was mentioning, you have a kids with endless energy, and then you're, like, going through Zoom, and, and yeah. there's just a lot more things that you have to be hands-on with. How has that been for, for sure. you? So for me personally, mm-hmm. it's been 
totally fine. Like, okay. I'm a homebody, and mm-hmm. so is my husband, and our kids have been in school, so mm-hmm. they've had their social interactions as they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel for those who live alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel for the elderly mm-hmm. who have to live in extra isolation for their health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I really feel for those who suffer from mental health issues because they just do not have the support that they normally have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to your question about, you know, how has this pandemic affected those with mental health issues? I think we are actually not going to know for years to come. And mm-hmm. I think that the effects will be long-term and that we will only discover them as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, well, what do you think your kids might be missing? Do you think they might suffer like in regards to their social skills um, just because obviously when they're younger, that's when they start formulating who they are, their thoughts, their expressions, and everything like that. Do you think it, it's it's say it's it's only gonna take like a small hit or none at all? You think they'll just like hop back into it, or what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think because they've been in school, mm-hmm. um, they should be fine, right? Because they September, right? They you know. should be okay. Okay. They should be okay. Um, but I but I recognize in other in other parts of the world mm-hmm. that schools have been closed and mm-hmm. that kids have have. Have had to isolate at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I'm just thinking of kids who have no siblings, right? Yeah. And who've only been interacting with their parents for like months on end. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of kids who suffer from domestic violence. Yeah. Which you know rates are a lot higher now during the pandemic than they were before. Um, so you know there are, I, you know I can just think of a, a lot of different situations where. Um, this pandemic will take its toll. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I, I hope that, you know, the faster we get out of this, the better, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, one of my brothers is just going back into school. I guess I was, like, tying that between, like, your his experience. I was like, yeah, he hasn't yeah. been to school in over a year. I'm like, that's insane. Like, it's all been uh, through so Zoom. California schools haven't opened at all this year? I, th- I think some are. I think it's, like, certain okay. ones. Uh, but yeah. then I think some have like the opportunity to opt out. Um, like my girlfriend's yeah. brother, he he's only in the class with like eight people. Like it's so yeah. small. I'm like I remember when I was in like high school, it was like 35, maybe max 40, yeah. but like like per room, you know. Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It just it just seemed like or just imagine like all those empty seats and everything like that, just to have it spaced out because of COVID precautions and everything, which is kind of like redundant because you're locked in a room for like yeah. for three hours, yeah. but they still have that, yeah. you know, just for whatever reason. But I don't know. It yeah. just it's just a weird thing. I mean, I'm glad your your kids went back. I am sorry about the lockdown thing again. That's so odd. I didn't know you guys went back yet, down in there.
how how were you when when the pandemic first hit when you knew he had to be over there i'm sure they ramped up his yeah. hours i'm sure he had to be there more um at the hospital away from the family and everything mm-hmm. how were you how did you feel during the beginning of all of that okay i was like a mess yeah like i was a total mess uh-huh. um, there was the stress of not knowing how our province and our city would manage covid mm-hmm. there was the stress of like just not even understanding the transmission of the disease. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my husband would come home and then, like, you know, change at work, come home, change at home, go straight t- to take a shower. Like, you know, we just weren't sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, do I have to bleach his laundry? Like, you know, yeah, like, no. there was just a lot of new things that we had never dealt with before and that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. That coupled with my four kids being at home from school and having you know, the expectations from their schools and for them to do their schoolwork, like, it was completely overwhelming for me. Like, mm-hmm. I was over, I was totally overwhelmed. And, um, like, honestly, I, I, I was so glad that things went back to normal for us, or at least, you know, mm-hmm. relatively normal. It ju- that just lasted for a few months mm-hmm. before the kids were, you know, able to, um, be outside again because then summer came and then the weather was good so at least we could take them to the park and mm-hmm. take people biking around the block and stuff but there was like a good couple of months where we were just literally all of us at home mm-hmm. stuck um so so yeah i will hopefully thank god i i mean like my huge respects to your husband and, and thank god he's fine and he's safe and and he's been able to provide for the community and, and for people that are in need so yeah on behalf of everyone that that's listening thank you that's 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 such a it's a crazy sacrifice to have been put in when you when you don't when you're not expecting something like that to hit the world you know so that that's just really tough but and and i'm glad that you're fine as well because i'd if if i had a spouse that was in a position like that i don't even know how i would have been i would have been worried i'm like is there like a genuine Mm -hmm. risk how bad is this virus at least when it first started how how soon did you pay attention um, to the virus? Because I started noticing it around like December, January. But at least from my own personal perspective, um, I, I I I trade in the stock market personally, so um, I was noticing on Twitter that there were people posting uh, videos of uh, they were taking people away from their homes that had coronavirus, and there it was literally like something out of um, what's that movie with um, with Boo, uh, the Disney movie. Uh, yes it was literally like a scene out of monsters inc they had the hazmat suit and they they stole them they literally put them in their trunks and then took them away and there was a handful and there were people like fighting and screaming and resisting and like that's when i stocked up for food and i I did that before like everyone was like fighting for toilet paper do you remember that oh 100% when i saw that i was like i'm i don't even know what to expect yeah yeah and you know it might have been and, you know, it, I don't know if it's like my, I don't know. It was probably because my husband's in the medical field, but mm-hmm. um, he, he suspected that it was happening. Right? Yeah. That, that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, so same deal. Like, you know, I went to Costco, I loaded up my, I got, I got one of those flatbeds. Uh-huh. Not even in the park. I got a flatbed. Yeah. And someone was taking pictures of my flatbed. Really? Making fun. Oh, 100%. Um, and, but, but like we, we felt like we knew it was coming. And so yeah. we even like kind of 
ordered masks and stuff. Just You're smart. I'm not sure whether how long the hospital supply mm-hmm. would be, you know, and so we just we had to prepare in ways probably that other people didn't mm-hmm. um, because of our situation. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think after I calmed down, mm-hmm. right, because I really probably overreacted, actually, just because I don't know, you know, it was all so new and I didn't know what was happening. Like, mm-hmm. after I calmed down, I'm like, OK, you know what? It's going to be OK. Like, we're really fortunate to live in this part of the world where we have really great medical care. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a good, strong system in place that prioritizes, um, you know, people's health. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, you know, and I, I do think that we have, especially where I live, like our, our health authority has been very strong mm-hmm. um, and they've really done a great job at managing the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. Over here, it's horrible that if you get in a car accident, you could go bankrupt because you're going to the hospital. I hate I that know. here. I'm just like, I that's know. disgusting. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you're just putting private corporate, uh, corporate, uh, corporations that are like above like humans. And I mean, that sounds like America, but I'm like, mm, you know, so th- that, that's a horrible thing. Um, I guess tying back to your husband, when did you first meet him? How did, how did you guys become a thing? Yeah, so we met when we were 21. Uh-huh. Um, I was in college, and he was in medical school. Mm-hmm. And um, we met. He's he's from he's not he's from Calgary. It's like the next province um, over. And we met through mutual friends. He was in town mm-hmm. visiting his college roommates, I mm-hmm. think. And um, I knew that roommate, so we had a big dinner together with a whole bunch of different people. So we just met that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I don't know. L- looking back, what was the first thing that, that like caught your attention about him? Or is there anything that stuck out? Um, I, I remember seeing him, and he had like a very friendly, handsome, youthful face. Mm-hmm. And, and, okay, I kid you not, I went home that night, and I told my mom, I, I think I just met the person that I'm going to marry. Yeah. After meeting him for the first time. That's insane. How did you how did you feel inside? What gave you like that like that assumption? Because obviously you were correct, but what what was it? What was it that you had? Uh, you know, I just think I sh- I saw in him even from the brief first meeting, you mm-hmm. know, someone who is smart and soft spoken, mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of motivated in his own field, and um. You know, he just, I, I felt like I had just met my ideal partner. Okay. You know, and, mm-hmm. and kind of if I had ever imagined who the type of person that I wanted to marry, this was him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't know how else to explain it. No, <laughs> yeah, I know that's a that's a really tough like like a thing to ask because yeah no that I don't know sometimes it's just one of those things that you're just taking aback that it, it's just indescribable, but I guess yeah. when. Um, Obviously, in regards to your husband, what are some things that, that you really like from him? Like you said, he was soft-spoken, that he was motivated. What other things were things like you admired him that you looked for in a guy? Um, someone who um, obviously is, you know, who is very who is very smart in whatever field that he's in. You mm-hmm. know, someone who um, kind of has, you know, kind of like ambitions. Mm-hmm. Um someone who is humble, um, someone who doesn't take themselves too seriously, Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, someone who doesn't need a lot of, like, I guess someone who's really stable and confident in themselves, okay. I would say. Aside, I, I was looking through your Instagram as well. Aside from him proposing to you, what's been your like happiest moment that you guys have shared? Um, I would say the birth of our kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we ha- I have to say that. I don't know. <laughs> Aside from that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's awesome. First, yeah, and it was the first time he had taken time off since COVID started. Yeah. So that was, like, glorious for us to be home, mm-hmm. all, all of us. Yes. For, like, that amount of time. Like, honestly, I think that, to me, is was our best moment. Mm-hmm. Just having everything, like, complete, the whole picture together. I. Th- yeah, and, yeah, and it's, it wasn't even like we went on some fancy vacation. We were mm. home, right? Yeah. But we were together. I think, you know, he works so much that the kids don't usually have that kind of an opportunity to spend time mm-hmm. with him like that. And no. so that was really precious for us. Okay, yeah, no, that, that's, that sounds like the perfect bonding time. I don't know. I think that's <laughs> like, like, if I were to describe, like, what would be, like, happiness in the future for me, I'd probably say something along those lines with, like, my own, like, kids. I know it sounds kind of odd, but, like, hypothetical kids and whenever that is, you know. But I'm not, I'm not rushing it either because I think that's a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. that, that people make. And people think that, like, having kids will fix everything if a relationship's already, like, stable. I'm like, no, you have to focus on yourself and then them. I guess this is more of a personal question because it's something that I've I've been thinking. Um, And I did want to hear your perspective on this as well. And um, obviously, aside from, like, your kids, just let's let's put, like, you and and your husband, of course. Mm -hmm. Where would you value – this is is a really tough and semi, like, controversial question – um Mm -hmm. so don't judge me too much (laughs) uh but it's like how would you prioritize yourself first or your husband because you are your own person but you and him Mm -hmm. are one how how would you judge that because i I, it's something i've been thinking about like personal things that have been going on but i I wanted to hear your take on that or if you Mm -hmm. because i i know i know some people would probably say i'm like you should both focus on like yourself and that would be equal but at the same time there there's reason for divorces maybe for whatever reason it might be so i don't know i don't i almost don't even know how to word that question but it's something i've been thinking if if you know yeah um you know i would say that the way the way that i the way that i think about it is Mm -hmm. i make sure that i make time for myself Mm -hmm. i make sure that i am in a good place Mm-hmm. Um, and if, 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 all, if I have all my ducks in a row, mm-hmm. then I will be able to treat my husband well, mm-hmm. right? Like if I have, if I feel like, um, you know, you know, if, if I feel like I, ha- my needs are met, you know, if I feel like I have confidence in who I am mm-hmm. and if I am joyful, mm-hmm. right, then that will all naturally spill out in my relationship with my husband. Mm-hmm. So I really do prioritize, like, I, you know, for me as my, you know, my personal walk with God, mm-hmm. that is what, I, that is who I'm responsible to first and foremost. Yes. And, uh-huh. you know, Kevin, my husband, 
um, relationship with God is totally separate from mine. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we are constantly cultivating our faith individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow, you know, these make us into people who are more loving, who mm-hmm. are more self-sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Like somehow, even if we're working on ourselves, it makes for a better relationship between the two of us. Okay. And, you know, and, and one thing that I've always um, believed is that, you know, our relationship, me, between me and my husband, mm-hmm. we have to, we, I actually have to prioritize ov- that over my kids. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it doesn't make sense for a lot of people. Like, I think a lot of parents, and especially moms, are like, my kids, they're first. Like, they are my priority. Mm-hmm. I've but seen that. I've always thought that if my husband and I have a really great, strong, peaceful relationship, my kids are going to be okay. You know, and that is actually the biggest gift that we can give to them is to show them how to relate, you know, how yeah. my husband and I can relate um, in a really healthy, positive way. Mm-hmm. That, that example to my kids is the best thing that I can give them. I think because that's... they're going to survive. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really nicely... I nicely said um, what you just said right now. That I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. But yeah, no, I think you're right because I, I have seen a lot of people that that are focusing just on their kids, and then their relationship gets neglected, and then they end up just going down the, the route of divorce, and then the kids have to suffer because ultimately you you put them first, but that just jeopardizes the future for them, you know, because you're not you're not yeah. cultivating, you're not letting that spark up again for for the relationship that was once there. You just kind of let it die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know my husband's telling me something or we're, we're having a conversation and obviously there's like four other you know there's four kids trying to interrupt and say their what they want to say mm-hmm. we will be like okay can you see that we are talking you need to wait until we're finished mm-hmm. and then we'll listen to what you have to say you know and just like small things like that showing them that you know my husband and i like we value our conversation and we value each other Mm-hmm. And we want, we respect each other and we want to hear each other out. Mm-hmm. And that's not to take away from, you know, my kids value, but they just need to wait, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that kind of thing um, is something that we're quite mindful of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you're making decisions that that you're very conscious about, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's going to set the stone for for what's to come. That that mm-hmm. that that bridge, you know. Um, I so I mean, I really I really like it. Admire that. I, how did you? How did you? How do I say it? Sorry, sometimes oh, I have a little. Bit. I'm just gonna go use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Oh yeah, take your time. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
story. And hopefully you can edit that part out of your recording. Oh, no, yeah, no, of course I definitely can. It's not it's not even a difficult thing. It literally takes like two minutes. Okay. It's, it's it's perfectly fine, but yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just um the current state of affairs with with COVID, the pandemic and everything like that. It's just been in my mind a lot recently, but uh, I think one of the last few questions that I had as well was, I guess, in regards to uh, to a relationship, do you think it would be selfish if you spent too much time focusing on yourself, although you might be in a relationship with somebody else? Or how would you how would you defy that? Because obviously, at some point in your life, you you have to take care of for yourself, like the same way you went to school, uh, the same way your husband went to school. How would you how would you val- like, uh, I guess, try to. Um, I guess elaborate on that because I know everything's very like circumstantial too. So. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as we talk about self care, which is so important mm-hmm. for everyone, relationships really only work when there's mutual submission, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, and we're not even talking about marriage, like even friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you need to listen as much as you speak. Like, you you know, there's a, you know, there's a time where you need to listen. There's a time where you need to give. Like, relationships are by nature give and take. And that's Mm -hmm. only magnified in marriages. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I think a good marriage is necessarily defined by some level of sacrifice, daily sacrifice even. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is it to the point where you kind of, lose a part of yourself no mm-hmm. no right you you know you realize who you are first you know who you are first but you, you know it, it takes a lot of work mm-hmm. um and cultivation and um you know marriage is not easy these days or it, maybe it never was i don't know mm-hmm. um but you know there's just so much in this life that is pulling you from every direction that um you know I, I do believe that a marriage is sacred and that um, but it doesn't come without its 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 challenges and it mm-hmm. certainly needs to be worked at. So um, you know I, I would you know it, it's a beautiful thing and it's you know I always I always tell people that my husband is my greatest gift in this life <laughs> um, because he you know he he is my companion every day and um, we really just have a solid friendship and we enjoy each other's company so mm-hmm. um you know there's so marriage is such a beautiful thing it can be um but it is not easy it's not always smooth sailing and it requires work mm-hmm. no i i agree um is there has there ever been, ever been times where you or for for him where it's been hard to like toss out like maybe like stubbornness and like the relationship and how have you guys worked on that yeah, unfortunately, it's usually on my end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the stubbornness, <laughs> every every bad thing is all usually from me. <laughs> he um, and this is another thing that I you know discovered in him that I really appreciate is he is just incredibly tolerant mm-hmm. and forgiving. Um, like, like I have I am like so opinionated and mm. I. You know, I think I am not easy to be married to, I would imagine. So, um, you know, we, we don't argue very often, mm-hmm. um, but when we do, it's usually, it's usually, it's usually followed by a time of self-reflection for both of us, or for me, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what goes into his head, but for me, for <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, 
conflict is, is, is bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, well, what are you going to do about it after? Do you sweep it under the rug or do you recognize kind of the issues at play here and, um, you know, work on those? Mm-hmm. What would you say the most important thing for, for a marriage to have? What would you say that is? Uh, I think respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think you have to respect the other person. Because um, believe it or not, I think you can actually love a person without respecting them. Yeah. Um, but if you really value that person, um, then, you know, you will treat them in a way that makes them feel good about themselves not just not just love them in the way that you perceive love is mm. if that makes sense like there's like you know have you heard of the love languages yes um, by gary chapman okay yeah yeah so, I, I read that book when i was like 12 <laughs> it will it, you know that's the funny thing because well obviously well for my mom and dad they're separated now but like I was so bored because they 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 couldn't afford like cable or anything like that. Like we had like we had a small TV. It was like one of those clunky ones. But like we like we were like in a very difficult position, and I guess they were going through something. And I th- I think they might have been trying to work it. out. I'm not too sure. But she had that laying mm-hmm. around, and I was like, I am so bored. Let me read it. And I was like, I didn't even know what it was until I was like, what the hell? <laughs> but I ended up reading it. So yeah, <laughs> that's a short story on that. That's so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know in the love languages thing like and i think you know it is important to spend time thinking about how you can love a person in the way that they appreciate it and that is respecting them right mm-hmm. and if you versus me loving my husband in the way that i that, that makes me feel good mm-hmm. right so um i think mutual respect is actually um hugely important mm-hmm. in a marriage I think, yeah, I, I think you're 100% right on that because without that, then there's no, I mean, there's no respect. You're going to end up looking for it somewhere else or you just might end up reversing your feelings on, on that one person, especially if they don't they don't treat you right as you should, you know. Um, I, I think um, I, I think that was an amazing way to, to almost close out. I have like one or two more questions left before I let sure. you go because I know you got to pick yeah. up your kids as well soon. Oh, I'm uh, good. You're good. Okay. Um, I guess for, for you in particular, what do you, I like to ask this for all my guests, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And that could be maybe to like yourself when you were 15, 25, overall, whatever you want to, uh, put that into. Um, so this was around the time that I got married, I think, Mm -hmm. and my mom gave me um, a verse, a Bible verse, and and told me that this was what she lived by. And um, it's it's the one that I think of often mm-hmm. in in many different situations, which is, um, and it goes like this: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Um, and that, I think, really speaks to my temptation of thinking that I I am responsible for everything and myself, you know, that mm-hmm. I have to, it, that, that the world's burden is on me, that mm-hmm. I am in charge of my husband, I'm in charge of my kids, like, I have to do this, I have to do that, like, like, no, 
you know, I, I need to remind myself, you know, trust that God has a plan for you, for me, um, you know, to, to prosper me, to give me a future and, you know, to, he will watch over me, he will take care of me. And, you know, that trust part, I think has really been, um, life changing for me and, and every day. Mm-hmm. No, I love that verse actually. I, um, I, I'm, I'm still working on obviously becoming a better person. I think I'm in a weird spot for myself because I was raised Catholic, but I think I'm, I, I think as of recently, I've been leaning towards Christianity, but I don't even know if I'm like worthy of being called Christian to myself. I, I like, it sounds odd, but just cause I've lived like my life as a Catholic, I still keep the morals regardless of whatever I do, yeah. like just being a good person, be having that good moral compass. And I know that's compromised between people, but that, that, that's always been my aim first and foremost, as well as I've always believed in God. That That's a fact. I just, I don't even know. I've always had a hard time labeling myself, kind of like how we were talking about earlier. Like, I don't like, I don't really like labels. I don't like, like, yeah. labeling. Like, so that, that's tough for me, but mm. I, I, I don't know. So that's something that's been on my mind. But yeah, so I'm still learning every single day, like what I can, because my girlfriend's Christian as well. Um, mm-hmm. like her whole life, but she's been getting into it um, a lot more recently. So I'm just trying to keep up with her. She sent me like the like the Bible app, and we're doing like a 30 day yeah. shred. So trying to digest you know every. What? You know what? Here, here's what I'd say to that. Mm-hmm. The first step in being a Christian is recognizing that you are not a good person, mm-hmm. and I think that is actually what like you said, like what you were just mentioning, it is really a stumbling block for people. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a Christian. Does that mean, you know, it, does that mean that I have to live at a certain standard? You mm-hmm. know, but that is not what it's about at all. It's actually the opposite. It's recognizing that I am not perfect, that I stumble every day, that I am not self-sufficient, mm-hmm. you know, and that I am in need of God's help and his power. And, you know, it's, it's 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 kind of hard to wrap your mind around but hopefully that is helpful to you when you're trying to think it's not it's not actually that hard of a decision Mm. because it's really just recognizing Mm -hmm. that that you just cannot save yourself Mm -hmm. essentially and it that is like incredibly freeing that is incredibly empowering yeah you know so Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I really appreciate it and I thank you for that advice because I, I, I think I think you're right. Uh, all like I said, all I know is like obviously I, I know I'm not like a good person. I, I, I aspire to be like as best as I can. I don't want to go down mm-hmm. a route where like I like I know people that are like going out to the clubs and doing coke. I'm like I just want to be in my comfy bed. I just I'm like I just want to do like like my own thing for the most part. That that's what's most important to me. Like I would never cheat. I think I don't I don't mm-hmm. understand how people live like with that in their consciousness in the back of the head i'm like you have to live with that all day and if you don't feel bad then there's probably Mm -hmm. something wrong with you at least from my perspective just stuff like that so but i do like i said i am trying to like lean like more more in that route um aside from that is i mean is there anything that you recommend me reading or or anything like that so that way i can get like a better grasp or anything in particular of the bible yeah, well, first of all, it sounds like your girlfriend is on it. Yeah, she's on it. Yeah, she's she's yeah, on point. She's a very strong Christian, which I I love her morals for that. And, and she's a huge family yeah, person yeah. like yourself, which I'm like, okay, I feel a lot better now. I'm like, I hopefully this is going like in the right direction, you know? Yeah, um, I would recommend a book called Mayor Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Okay. Um, it's it, it's really great um, for people who are like kind of 
seekers or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of early on in their, you know, who have questions about the faith. Like, he really, C.S. Lewis writes it in a really kind of straightforward, logical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a great start. I will 100% take a look into that. Yeah, um, I... I I'm gonna have to like rewind that little part right here just to get the name. I know myself, uh, but I I, I will 100 percent read that. Um, but yeah, no, she she's been the one that pushing me into it. But she's like very like gentle, which I really appreciate. She's not like oh like listen to this. She's like she's like hey if you have time like you could listen to this like live like from my church on Sunday or I started going to a church near here because I don't like I don't want to like intruder or whatever like like her space you know I feel kind of rude personally so I, I I don't know why I'm like I know I could just go like she's like you can come I'm like I feel rude I was like if I'm gonna watch like what you're watching it'll be like through YouTube or something like that yeah because she's like more like I just started meeting her family recently but she, they're like more like I'm like oh like I'm not gonna bring anyone like that um unless I'm married to them to church uh, she's mm. like very like I, I guess strict with that she says she's done it before with people but she's like I don't want to go down that route again and she was like Got I might have made yeah. mistakes so I'm like I, I respect that so mm. but yeah and then she's like hey, she's like if you want like she sends my little things like it's a very like gentle push it's not like forcing me like because that, that was my thing about like uh like I had a really like strong misconception before I even started going down this route because mm-hmm. I mean I, I guess I was like more tied to like the I didn't realize how like modern like actual Christians are I guess it's just like it's just like the left or the right like in the United States it's like mm-hmm. you're getting the face of the worst you know so I always assume like people were like the most judgmental people on earth they're like you have to be perfect otherwise you're going to hell and I'm like reality is I'm not I'm like I want to be but I can't like and and that's one of the things that I've realized like more so like now that I'm digging deeper I'm like oh it was my own ignorance that was blinding me but that's because I never seeked it out so well no and I say that it's your fault by any means i uh, i honestly think it's like a really um sad reality in the united states Mm -hmm. that faith and christianity has been so politicized Mm -hmm. um i mean i i I mean it's just that's just really tragic to me because i think that actually um deters a lot of people like people make assumptions about this person claims to be a christian Mm -hmm. and this is what they stand for and this is how they behave like i don't want any part of that Mm -hmm. Um, and that to me is like just just really sad Mm -hmm. no i i agree but yeah no it's insane yeah because like the left is like anti like all of that and i'm like well i'd probably categorize i wouldn't even i don't i wouldn't like i said i don't even want to categorize because i'm like there's truth to everything that's why i try to keep as open of a mind as i can i'm like you can't just isolate it just because it's tied to one thing and reality shouldn't even be tied together but that's just mm-hmm. i think that's a bad thing about like the media and stuff like that i'm like well that's why you have to see things through your own lens as well not just take it for what it is not just have information spoon fed to you and then for sure everything's like the enemy it's like then you'll go down like a very dark facebook rabbit hole that's for sure yeah Yeah, but i i really i really want to want to thank you for your time is there anything that you might want to voice out anything any opinion anything that you might want to put out there before we end this opportunities that this platform has given me including you know being in your podcast <laughs> no thank you i appreciate amazing. that <laughs> uh this, this is the first time i've ever spoken in a, on a podcast <laughs> um, but i'm really you know i'd like people to know that i 
my mission is to care about people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's you or if it's someone who follows me on TikTok or if mm-hmm. it's somebody that I work with um, in, a, you know, in a business sense, um, you know, that's what I'm driven by and that's my motivation that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that God first loved me and so I am desiring to share that with the world. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I yeah. think I think that's amazing, and whether you realize it or not, even with just TikTok, I'm like I know you're affecting people's state of mind. I know that they're they're thinking about it, and I don't know. I think it's the most wholesome content ever. So I I love it. I really like that. I really like that you told me that. Um, it, I know it's kind of odd, but that that you ha- you have them record like after the fact, like you voice it over. I thought that was really cool, and I had no idea. It, it didn't look like it, so you do an extremely good job of that. I was like, what? I don't know. I, yeah, it took some practice, but I'm yeah. figuring it out. Yeah, everyone's always really shocked to hear that. Mm-hmm. So my kids have no idea yeah. like, what content that they've been a part of creating mm-hmm. at all. They no, yeah, they are amazing, and I know they'll they'll grow up to be great. And I think the morals that you're instilling in them is is, is great. Are you still here with me? Okay. Oh yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if your phone fell or not, but no. uh, but again, uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, where can people follow you if they don't already follow you on on TikTok and Instagram or whatever it might yeah, be? Yeah, so I'm at I'm Ong Squad on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm Ong Squadron on IG. And my email, if anybody wants to email me, is ongsquadron at gmail.com. Awesome. And um, I, this is another last question, I guess. Are you, are you doing YouTube or are you thinking about doing YouTube? Yeah, everyone always keeps asking yeah. that. You know, I know that they, you know, I know that they're pushing YouTube shorts right now. Ah. Um, well, what was so, it? And I, sorry? What was it? YouTube? You, YouTube shorts. I don't even think so, I've heard of that, personally. Yeah. Feature that they have to compete with TikTok, so it's Ooh, short form. Okay. Yeah, short form vertical video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly the same, and they're really trying to push that out right now. So I've heard of a lot of TikTok creators who are just reposting their stuff on YouTube Shorts. So if I do YouTube, I think that'll be the way that I go. Okay. But like I said, I am so maxed out with my social media mm-hmm. consumption and production right now. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like, I'm, unless I can just click once and mm-hmm. send it, I don't know if I'm gonna. Yeah. Because <laughs> as it is, it's already taking up enough time, huh? <laughs> Well, if you're ever in L.A. or Orange County, uh, me and my girlfriend would love to double date with you if you have somebody to take care of the kids or anything like that. I think that'd be amazing. You guys are great. You guys are amazing. I think you guys are great people. And I, I really I, I want to be around more people like you, your morals. And and I think you're very grounded and you have a very unique perspective. So I really appreciate that. So if you ever do, please take me up on that offer. Would love to get to know you. So. Oh, thank you. And um, say hi to your girlfriend for me. I haven't met her, but I already like She's awesome. She's a very strong woman like you actually. She's very she's very opinionated. So I try to I try to yeah. mellow out. I'm like, alright, if you wanna be on top, like like take over. But I'm like, I will just stay quiet over here in my own lane. So yeah. So I try to have that I try to do what your husband is doing, like with the patients. So but she she has high goals too, so so uh, but awesome. Thank you so much again for your time. You were amazing. Um I'll post this in a few days, but yeah, thank sure. you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. You're